invite you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And I started a series a few years ago, Christmas through the eyes of different people in the Bible. We looked at Christmas through the eyes of Joseph and imagine how he felt. And then Christmas through the eyes of Mary. And, and uh, this year we're going to look at Christmas through the eyes of the shepherds and, and how, how, they, how they felt during this time in a very familiar passage that, that most people know. Um, it was very early in my life, I, was, I think I was maybe 11 or 12, um, and started to hear again from my, my father, who was off and on gone during my early childhood, and, um, and so I got to spend a Christmas with him. I think I was a, probably a teenager, maybe 12 at the time, 13 is when he came back, and um, and I'll never forget, he was poor, he didn't have much, and he gave us a gift. And it was a box. And you gotta, you gotta think, my, my father had an, an incredible personality, he was a jokester, and uh, would tell a lot of jokes and all that, and and I didn't know that at the time, because I was just getting to know him a little bit more, and, and it, it, I get this box, right? And I open up the box, and there's a can of dog food in there. It's a Christmas gift. And there's uh, a a box of those Twinkie Doodles, you know, those uh, chocolate stuff that you eat and you enjoy with the cream inside of them and all that. And and then there was a couple of other things in there, and and I forget what they were. And I said, well, thank you, Dad. Thank you for the Christmas gift. He goes, hey, Jamie, open up that box. I I want a doodle. I said, but, Dad, this is my gift. I don't want to give you any of my... Open it up! And so, reluctantly, I opened up the box of Doodle, and inside of it was a beautiful gold chain with a beautiful cross. And he said, Merry Christmas, son. And I was like, wow, what a gift. (laughs) What a gift. And it was the beginning of our relationship again. Um, And it was growing and fast forward a few years to 1992. I'm in high school. Don't age me. But 1992, I'm in my senior year of high school. I'm going to graduate high school and I'm all excited and we're celebrating Christmas again together. And, and what do Italians do on Christmas? We don't, we celebrate a little bit different than you guys, you know. Some of you guys celebrate Christmas. You have hot dogs and hamburger. I mean, how do you eat that garbage, you know, or, or some of that? We have the real food, the lasagna, the pasta, the thing that makes you look like Santa Claus. And, you know, you, you, you're eating it and we're having a card game and we're having so much fun. I mean, it is a blast. And here I am, my senior year. This is going to be the greatest Christmas of my life. And then all of a sudden, it turned sour. My brother and father started getting into an argument. They went outside. That ended up in a fist fight. And I looked at my brother and I said, how would you ever dare fight daddy? And he looked at me and I'll never forget the words. He said, Jeremy, I got news for you. Daddy's sick and he's dying. And I remember that night because I looked up at the sky and I said, God, I hate you. I want nothing to do with you. And so I went from my 
favorite time of Christmas to just a few years later to one of the worst Christmases of my life. And sometimes in the holidays, we can really focus on the bad stuff that's happened to us and become lonely and depressed during these times. Or we can focus on the good stuff that happened to us and be happy and joyful. It took 11 years for God to restore that. It was 2003. And I'm depressed during Christmas as normal and, and not, but this Christmas was different in 2003. You know why? There was a baby in the belly. I'm going to be a father. And we're excited about having a kid. And Ellie was stubborn. She was stubborn. She would not come out on Christmas Day. We did everything. We, we drove the car. We were told, this is what you do. Drive a car around bumps and speed bumps and the baby will come out. I, I mean, that's what people told us to do. So we did it. We got stuck in mud. Can you believe that? I mean, here we are in a car with a pregnant wife and I'm stuck in mud because I'm trying to go through this, this road in Iowa to get the baby out. I'll never forget when the doctor looked at the ultrasound and said, what a big head she has. I said, yup, she's my kid. Amen. He said, she's not coming out. There's no way. We're going to have to cut her out. There's no way. And we said, we don't want that. This is our first kid. We want to have 15, 18 kids. We don't want, you know, that. that. I used to joke around about that, but uh, after one, we were, we were happy. But, you know, so... We went on Christmas Day, she didn't come, but she came the very next day, and we have a December 26th baby. And so Christmas is not all lost. But we could think of those things. I'm glad I'm not a mom during Christmas. All the cooking and all the stuff that they have to get ready and all worried about this person's coming over and this one is going to ruin the house and we got the oddball relative coming and you know we got this and that and we got to deal with it and they're so stressed out you can't even look at them during this time you know I know to keep my distance from Katie during Christmas you don't mess with her I know Crystal you got no lines just say hi I, I, can, I love saying that so what is Christmas to you what is your focus this year People are focused on cards, they're focused on cleaning, they're focused on cooking, they're focused on decorating, some are focused on COVID, they're all worried about this new variant out, that something's going to happen to them and this may be their last Christmas, some are focused on the past, some are just happy to get through this year. Can you imagine the shepherds? I mean, here they are. Let's look at this. When, when, what comes to your mind when you think of the shepherds, you know? And, and really, I, I've never picked this up. I was studying this out. I, you know, when I, when I hear the word shepherd, good things come to my mind. I mean, I think of King David where God came up to him and said, you will shepherd my people. You're going to be a shepherd to them. I think of Psalm 23 when I hear the word shepherd, don't you? The Lord is what? My shepherd. I shall not want. And we just go down and we have beautiful thoughts about how the Lord is my shepherd. I, I think of Jesus, who is what? The good shepherd that lays down his life. But you didn't want to be a shepherd during the time of the birth of Jesus. 
Because shepherds in that time were liars and thieves. Shepherds were despised. In fact, shepherds could not even go and give a testimony in court. It was inadmissible in court because they were such liars. They were thieves. They were, they were, they were considered unclean. Why? Because they had to go out and they had to keep the sheep and keep the flock and they couldn't go to the temple when they needed to. And so they were despised and they were depressed and they were people that you didn't want to be around. And they're out in the fields. I mean, doing what they do. They're keeping watch over their flock by night. Interesting that they're only a couple of miles away from the temple because these are the, the, the sheep that they're going to sacrifice in the temple. And what happens to them? An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Imagine that. And we don't know who the angel of the Lord is. It could be Gabriel. We don't know exactly who the angel of the Lord is. But suddenly before them stood this angel and the glory of the Lord. Now don't miss this. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And if you've ever studied the Bible, when the glory of the Lord appears, something exciting is about to happen. And here they are, these shepherds, and all of a sudden, the glory of God, I think of when the glory of God uh, appeared, and then they made that covenant with them, or in, in, in Habakkuk, when it talks about how the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth, the visible presence of God during the end times. And here these shepherds, all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord is shining. And these despise Thieves. I mean, if, if I was going to have the glory of the Lord shining, shouldn't it be around Jesus and around the baby that was just born? Not out in the field with these shepherds that were despised and considered thieves and liars. But that's how the Lord works. Amen. And he's going to explain to them what the true meaning of Christmas, where our focus should be this Christmas season. This angel with the glory of the Lord is going to tell them exactly where they need to focus. They were scared, wouldn't you be? I'd be scared. They were frightened. But he's going to tell them what Christmas is all about. Look at this in verse 10. The angel says, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you, look, Good news. I love that little phrase there, good news, because that's for the gospel, evangelion, the gospel. I'm bringing you the gospel, he says. The good news. Now, in the Old Testament, the good news was here is your God. Here is your king. Here's the birth of a king. In the New Testament, the good news is all about Jesus Christ. And he says, I bring you good news. Look at this Old Testament passage in Isaiah 40, verse 9. Get yourself up on a high mountain on Zion, bearer of good news. Lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem, bearer of good news. Lift it up, do not fear, say to your cities, and here's the good news. What's the good news? Here is your who? God. And so he comes to them and he says, you know what? I'm bringing you good news. This is, this is the gospel. This is the greatest news you're ever going to hear. It's news to you. It's not just news for, it's for you. This is personal. I'm bringing you news of what? Great joy. 
This is going to bring great joy into your heart and change your life. Don't have great fear. Have great joy, he's going to say. And this news is for all people. I am so glad that our God is not a racist. Although he loves Italians. Amen. But this is for all people. Yes, yeah, someone has to. You're right. But this is for all people. Wow, what a rip that was. Holy cow. Somebody has great joy. This news isn't for you, by the way. All right? It's for all people. I don't care what race, what religion, what, what they try. It's for all people. And it's the greatest news we can ever get. You say, what is the news? Now look at what he says here. It's about a proclamation. Christmas is about proclaiming the good news to people. You say, what good news? It's all about a person. And you say, wait a minute, I know about that, but think about the world we live in. It's all about something other than the person. People make it about Santa. People make it about Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown Christmas. We got to watch that. Isn't that a great little Charlie Brown Christmas? I just love that. Some of you make it about the Grinch. You are so grouchy during this time. <laughs> and so self-righteous. Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Christmas is a pagan holiday. You got a Christmas tree, sinner? Get it down. And they're so grouchy during this time. Don't be that. There's some people that have great joy during this time. We know that Jesus wasn't born December 25th. We know that. If he was born any date, it was November 2nd, my birthday. We don't know exactly the day. But don't be self-righteous and take the joy out of somebody else's life. Because you've done some study online that all of a sudden you figured some things out. This is about Jesus. And I want you to see something that's very important here. It says here for today, this is the good news. Today, forget about what happened yesterday. But remember this, the promises that were made about Jesus, all in the Old Testament about Jesus. Today, they're going to be fulfilled. Here's what's amazing. Today, in the city of David, in, in Bethlehem, there's going to be born, and he mentions three things about Jesus. He's a what? He's a savior. Now, don't miss this. You know how many times this word is used in Luke? Take a guess. You would think millions of times. You know how many times in Luke? Take a guess. Twice. You know how many times the word Savior is mentioned of being in reference to Jesus? In Luke, once. Here. The other time, Mary calls God the Father, her Savior. This is a strong word. Here he comes, the deliverer. The one that is going to meet your greatest need. If our greatest need was health and staying healthy this Christmas season, God would have sent the doctor. But we don't need a doctor because we got Fauci, amen? <laughs> Let me go on. If our greatest need was to be able to make money, he would have sent somebody that focused on our economy. If our greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent an Italian comedian. But our greatest need is sin. 
that which separates us from God, that needs to be reconciled or we're going to a hell that is eternal and conscious. And so he sent a savior. It's all about a savior that came to meet our greatest need. He says, this is the greatest news you're ever going to hear. It, it, it's an incredible news. He was born for you, a Savior. It's not mentioned anywhere. This is Jesus. You're not going to find it in, in Matthew, in Mark, that he's called the Savior. But you will find it once here in Luke. He's going to deliver you. And look who he is. He's the Christ. Now, that's not his last name. Some people say, yeah, Jesus Christ, that's his last name. That's not his last name. Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah. He is, and, and it's an interesting word there because the word anointed actually means somebody who sent with a special service to do a, a special service. So he was anointed what? As prophet to preach the gospel. He was anointed as priest to sacrifice his life for us on the cross. And he was anointed as king because he will reign on this earth. He's the Christ. He's the savior. And you know what else he is? He's the Lord. No Jewish person would ever call anyone except Yahweh Lord. But he is Lord. He is the God of the universe. He is the one that is supreme. He is the one that we submit our lives to. He's not just the one that we give lip service to and say, oh yeah, I believe in Christmas and I, I believe in Jesus, but I live my own life. No, when we say we believe in Jesus, we submit our lives to him. He reigns. He's king. He's Lord. He came to deliver me. He came because he was the anointed one. He came because he is God. Look at this. You say, how am I going to know? Look at the sign. This is an incredible sign. He said, there'll be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes. Now, that's not unusual. All babies were wrapped in clothes. When they were born, they would cut some clothes off or do some strips of, of, of uh, clothing, and they would wrap the baby up. And so that, that, was, that was normal. But what wasn't normal is that he'd be lying where? In an animal trough. And we all know what that symbolizes because there was no room for him where in the inn. And so he had to be born in this animal trough, which, which speaks of obscurity. It speaks of rejection. They reject him even from the beginning. But yet our Lord, our God, our Savior was born in the most humble circumstances. Unbelievable God we have. And look what it says here. It'll be about peace. Watch this. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Now, now this, is, this is an incredible scene because first all of a sudden there was just an angel there and the glory of the Lord appears. Now, the, it's like the multitude, the, it's like a military, the host. All of a sudden, wow, all these are out there. Yeah, that would be, I would be unbelievable. And they're all out there. And what are they doing? They're praising God. Starts with him. And here's what they say. Don't miss this. You may have you've seen it a lot. You may know. But look at what this is saying in Luke 2.14. It says, glory to God where? In the highest. 
and on earth. Are you ready for this? Peace. Now, it's not talking about physical peace. Because we look on earth and do we see physical peace? We see war, we see division, we see destruction. But what it is talking about is a spiritual peace. It is a spiritual peace that does not come by trying. It's a spiritual peace that comes by trusting. Trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Look at this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, we have been reconciled with a holy God. We have peace. Some people say, but I don't feel peace. Not a feeling. It's a knowing that Jesus is in our lives. It's a knowing that I have been saved, not because of what I've done or what I could ever do, but because of what He has done for me. And putting my trust in the Savior, in the Christ, in the Lord, and trusting Him alone for salvation. And look at this. I've never never picked this up. Verse 14, look at it. It says, And on earth peace among men, watch this, with whom he is pleased. And what he is saying in this verse is saying that God, it pleased the Father to grace us with his presence through his Son. Think about that for a moment. That God was pleased, it pleased the Lord to send his Son to us and grace us with his presence. Rick every now and then jokes around. He says, people, I'm so glad you got to see me today. (laughs) And really what the Lord is saying here is we are graced because of his presence here by him coming here to this earth. And now we can have peace. 1992, I found out some of the worst news ever. 1994, Christmas was coming around again. And I'll tell you, I wanted to die. I wanted to end my own life, but I was scared of guns. I'm not a person of guns. I don't like, I was scared of guns. But the the, the nice thing of living in New York City is there's places where they'll shoot you for free. And so I, I decided to go to a drug neighborhood and let them end my life. I was there at three in the morning. And before I went there, I had a track in my hand that somebody gave me in college. And it explained to me, Jeremy, you're a sinner. But Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose again. And Jeremy, if you call upon him, he'll save you. And I said, there's no way that God will ever do that in my life. And so I went off and I'm in this place and boy, I'm waiting for somebody to come to the car and and, and shoot me. And here comes someone. Three something in the morning. Here they come to my window. And I thought, this is it. I'm done. And they come and they say, sir, you may be lost. You need to go this way and that way and this way to get home. (laughs) And I said, Lord, you get me home tonight. I'm yours. And as I was going through red lights and doing things that I'm not happy about and coming, I made it to my grandfather's house. And I'll never forget, it was raining, and, and he was up scared, waiting for me to get home. He didn't know where I was. 
He, he threw the keys down out of the window and I, I opened up the door. I went up. He threw a blanket over me. And that's when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. My whole life changed. You see, God had to use a very hard experience to show me that nothing will ever fill my heart like Jesus Christ will. And now I have peace with God. You see, His gift was expensive. It's priceless. It costs His own life. His gift is eternal. It lasts forever. And His gift is very practical. We can use it every day of our lives. Do you have the greatest gift? If you do, our focus should be there. Not in all the stuff people make Christmas about. We should be focused on proclaiming Christ. We should be focused on the person of Jesus Christ. And we should be focused on the peace that we have now only through Jesus Christ. See, I lost my earthly father, but I'll never lose my heavenly father. He's with me forever. And the moment you put your trust in him, he's with you forever. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it's, it's so easy, Lord, to make this time of year all about us and our problems and our discouragements and our worries and anxieties. And we just focus on ourselves. And I've been there, Lord. I know how that is. And there are times that I have to fight not to go back there. So Lord, I pray for each and every one here today that if their hearts are not focused on proclaiming on the person of Jesus Christ, on the peace that we have now through Jesus Christ, that Lord, that right now in our hearts we would say, change our focus. Help us not to feel sorry for ourselves. It's so easy to do. Help us to remember how blessed we are to have the greatest gift, the indescribable gift of your son. The priceless gift that nobody can buy or earn. They just accept. The eternal gift that will never rot or be destroyed it lasts forever. Thank you so much for your son. And Lord, when I, when I think of this story, I think of why would you ever go to shepherds? People who were despised, considered liars and thieves. Because it was a lesson to us that you came to people who needed you. And Lord, we need you. Thank you so much for that. We love you and praise you in the precious and holy name of your son, we pray. Amen. Please don't forget to take a couple bags if you can. <laughs>